Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So as I say, starting today though, we're going to be talking unexpected journeys and we've taglined it five weeks of faith stories and we want to particularly emphasize or or talk about some of the, I don't know, the growing of faith that takes place over a lifetime of faith and a lifetime might be very short if, you know, kind of if people are young or or a longer time if people are older. But not so much, you know, sometimes we sort of hear great stories of conversion, which are fantastic. But we want to explore faith as it expands and grows and as it, you know, has growing pain sometimes, as it, um, you know, kind of has new discoveries and and that sort of thing. And so we want to make it um, very story-based. And so over the next five weeks, whenever you're able to be here or you can listen on our podcast, things like that, we're going to be focusing on that. And I'm going to kick that off with some of the stories um, of my own sort of faith journey tonight. But as part of that, I just want to um, invite you, if you would like to, to, um, to uh, send me uh, any story of faith that you might have that's helped mold you and shape you and grow you um, and just email it to me or sort of do a, do a little kind of face-to-camera thing or something like that or send a video or whatever um, of things that have shaped and molded you. So these are not just, you know, I, I prayed last week and, you know, I felt God was really close, but things that have been really substantial. I was thinking about that this week, you know, kind of Fran and I had this experience um, when we were in our mid-20s. So we, we got married at 21 and 20. We were young. Fran's mother was dying of cancer um, when, when Fran and I were about 23 or 24. So we decided that we would attempt to have a family um, kind of earlier than we would have thought because we knew her mother was dying and we thought it would be great for her to have a um, a, a grandchild. And so we um, and, and so we, we got pregnant twice and we lost two babies. And then Fran, unbeknown to me, prayed for twins. And so and so then thirty three years ago we had twins and it was this this incredible, you know, kind of as young Christians, I guess in a sense, certainly as young marrieds, on this journey of I don't know, of, um, of loss, uh, loss of a mother, a mother-in-law, loss of, you know, kind of children and miscarriage and a prayer of God that, that, we would, that we would have twins, sort of two babies to replace the two babies that we lost. And so we had our twins, who some of you guys know, um, who are 33 now. Um, her mother uh, got to be a grandmother for 18 months and then she died. She was only 50 when she died. And that story of faith has shaped us um, along the way, along the journey. You know, kind of it's a hard story and yet it's a God story. And so just so kind of thinking about substantial stories that have shaped me would love to hear. And it doesn't matter that, you know, kind of it might have been years ago or whatever, and it doesn't matter. It's not just for kind of, you know, people who have been around a long time. It's things that kind of that we hold on to would love to hear them. And once we hear them, if we do get some in, we, we'll 
find out ways of communicating them if indeed that's appropriate that we do. I mean, clearly we won't communicate them um, if people were unhappy, but we will do some interviews and some sharing and we can put stories on our Whānui page and stuff like that. I'd love to hear your stories. I'm pretty sure you'd love to hear each other's story. I'm pretty sure you know something a little bit more about me because I shared my story just now. And I think that could be really encouraging. So faith stories, just email me at vic at svc.org.nz. That would be fantastic. And so tonight as we talk unexpected journeys, I want to um, just uh, talk to you about uh, King David and me. Um, my faith story has walked along a little bit in, the, in, in step or just touched lightly from time to time the story of King David in the Bible. Um, it's been a, he's been a figure who's been significant to me in my faith story. And I want to I talk about it in the past, and I want to talk about it in the present tonight and, and just tell you some of the David um, stories as well. So there's a fairly obscure verse in the Psalm, Psalm 78, 70 to 72, and it goes like this. He, being God, chose David as servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep he brought him, to be the shepherd of his people Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And this is the key verse. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands. He led them. And this is the scripture that brought me to pastoring, which is my unexpected journey of nearly 30 years ago. So 1992, I guess it was, maybe at the end of 1992, when um, the person who, who um, planted Birkenhead Harvest Church, as it was back there, was um, leaving after a couple of years and approached me and said, uh, or friend of me and said, you know, kind of, would you take that um, church over? That's a big thing to do. I was 31 years old. Um, I was a journalist. I was quite a good journalist. I, you know, kind of had a promising career in journalism, all of that sort of thing. And that was the scripture that God along with a whole lot of other things, just galvanized in my life that this was the thing that I'm wanting to do. And through, it's 28 years that I've been pastoring on the 1st of February. So through nearly three decades of ebbs and flows, to be honest, you know, kind of some very exciting times and some very, you know, kind of low times, as anybody would have, obviously, over a, you know, kind of a 30-year, roughly 30-year time span. This is a scripture that's held me together, that David shepherded them with integrity of heart. That's, that's the thing, in a sense, that I feel like God, you know, kind of if, he were, if I was to give an account to God of how did you pastor Shaw Vineyard Church, it would be like, did you do it with integrity? And did you have skillful hands? You know, did you lead them with your skill? Or in, in um, the message, it says, David's good heart made him a good shepherd. I would love that Vic's good heart made him a good shepherd. And he guided the people wisely and well. And so that's held me in lots of ways. That's been something of an unexpected journey for me, and, but, a, but a, some, something of an incredible privilege for me um, along the way. And so David's an important character, an important figure in my life. And you will have some David stories, I know, because David's a pretty familiar um, uh, kind of character to, to many people. Uh, if you've been to Sunday school, you will have heard some David stories. Um, if you've read your scriptures, you'll probably know some David stories. So any, any who can tell me a, a quick David story or, or just a headline? I don't, don't expect you to know. Don't, don't be frightened of this. Give me a David story that, uh, that, that you can think of. 
David and Goliath. Oh, you've always got to start with a David and Goliath. Eh? That's a great Sunday school story. Brilliant story, isn't it? So David kind of turns up. He's the eighth, uh, eighth brother, got two sisters, seven brothers. Turns up, he's the youngest. You know, every, all his brothers or, you know, all of Israel's cowering behind a hill and David goes out, slays Goliath. What a great story. Any, any other David stories come to mind? David and Bathsheba, great David story, or maybe great, maybe the wrong word, but important David story. David spots a spots a woman uh, in another on another building having a bath. He falls for her, goes over, commits adultery, and then to um to to make it seem like it never happened, um, he he um you know kind of brings back the 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 lady's husband, so it'll seem like it's her. Uh, his child, um, they don't sleep together, so he sends him off to war so he can kill him. You know, great, well done, David. That's a that's a great story. We'll sort of explore that a little too as we go. What else? Any any other David stories come to mind? Say that again. Ah, oh, he does. Okay, do you know who the guy is? King Saul. So okay, so he's being chased by King Saul, uh, and he's in a he's in a cave with his his followers. And King Saul comes in to go to the loo, and this is his opportunity to kill Saul, who's, going, who's trying to kill him. But instead, he just um, sneaks up and he cuts a little bit off his robe. And later on, he sort of comes out on the hill and says, "Look, I could have killed you, but that's all I did." And that's an ama- that's an amazing story of David, isn't it? Any any others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's anointed, isn't he? Yeah. So is it uh, is it Nathan or Samuel? Nathan or Samuel? Nathan, who's better than me at this? Samuel. So the prophet Samuel. Yeah, it is the prophet Samuel comes along, and um, is looking for the anointed king. All of the all of the strong, handsome. I'm I'm the youngest of four brothers, so all of the strong, all of the older brothers come and sort of you know none of them are are the right person. And then and then um, uh, Samuel, if we've got him right says, haven't you got any more brothers? Brings out this little runt, you know, that's me, and, um, and anointed. Yeah, great story. So they're all stories that we kind of work with, um, don't we, along the way. And so David's been important to me in this. I've thought about David during this week, and, and one of the, some of the things that have, have occurred to me is that David killed a giant. He killed Goliath, like we've said. And yet sometimes he was a giant himself, you know, and I don't mean a giant in a heroic sense. I mean a giant in a tyrannical sense, you know, sort of David became sometimes almost a little bit like what he killed at the beginning. David was a great friend. The story of David and Jonathan is one of the magnificent stories of relationship and friendship in the scriptures. But he was a treacherous friend at times as well. David was a sinner, we know from Bathsheba we've talked about, and yet he's also sinned against. You know, there was times where, you know, kind of he was, he was the one who was the victim of that. He was faithful. He was faithful to Saul. He could have easily killed him. And yet he was also, a, he was a treacherous man at times. And, and the thing that kind of is significant for me in one sense is that he was young and old. There's a span of about 60 years or maybe 50 years. He dies at 70. So depending on how old he was when he killed Goliath, maybe sort of a teenager, 50, 55, 60 years of him in the scriptures, and um, and and a very frank account, you know, kind of the Bible is incredibly, um, I don't know, 
penetrates, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't hide anything along the way um, as, he, as it talks about um, who and what it is. And yet all the time, and this is where I come in as well, I think, a bit like me, history tells us that he served God. He says, after David, after he'd served the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers. And I, I, I kind of, I look at a, a list like this and I think of myself and I think, man, I've, there have been times when, when I've killed some giants as well. And there have been probably times where I've been a bit of a giant as well. There have been times when I've been a great friend, but I'm sure there are times when I've badly let down people. You know, there's times when I've, I've, been, I've been a sinner and there have been times when I've been sinned against. I've been faithful. Lots of times I've been faithful, but I've been fickle as well along the way. And yet young and old, sort of, you know, kind of starting for me at a relatively young age and to the age that I am now, you know, there's this sense and what I would love to have a sense of, you know, kind of when you came to the end of the whole thing is that, you know, kind of I always serve God and the call that God's put on my life for a generation, for until, until it's finished. And then fall asleep, you know, kind of die, hopefully retire, actually, you know, kind of I, I'd like to retire before I fall asleep. And there's no kind of sense, you know, kind of of that being the end of it. But you, are, you do know, don't you, you know, kind of when you're coming to the, um, the latter stages of something. And when you're talking 28 years, you know that you're coming to the latter stages, even if you're another 10 years on the saddle. It is, it's got to be something of the latter stages. So we come to 2021. And in 2021, we get in, invited by God. I guess it just happens, eh? You wake up the next day and you're in the new year. But nevertheless, we get invited by God to an unexpected journey. There are unexpected journeys that are, are ahead of each and every one of us. And that's not sort of being, you know, kind of clever or, or, or it's just being realistic. All of us who know out of 2020 how unexpected a year can be. You know, kind of when we we're sitting here a year ago, we didn't know what was going to happen in 2020. Well, 2020, 2021 will probably be no different to that. And so one of the things that I've been doing over the summer, and this, if I'd, um, if I'd shown you some of my photos of my, of my holiday, this might have been the one that I chose. So Fran and I just came back last night from doing the Great Walk, um, the Tongariro Northern Circuit, it's called. So many of you have heard of the Tongariro Crossing, and, um, and, and some of you I'm, I know have done it. Some of you may have done this walk. You start at Ruapehu, Whakapapa, and, and you walk around. Um, uh, essentially, you walk around this mountain, which is Mount Narahoe, um, and then across the crossing of um, Tongariro and back to Whakapapa. And it's a four-day walk, and it's some, you know, so there are some gruelling parts and there are some hard parts, and, um, but it's just this wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and during the walk, I was taken with this mountain, Mount Narahoe. So it's like, you know, kind of Mount Ruapehu where we're all very familiar with because if we ski, we go there and we, and we ski those slopes. So that's a kind of a sexy mountain, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, that's, that's where you get to do the fun things. And a lot of us are aware of the are aware of the Tongariro cross, crossing because our schools do it, and and because you know kind of lots of tourists do it and stuff like that. But the thing that I didn't know is that you know kind of from going from Ruapehu and back to Ruapehu with this, we went anti-clockwise around this mountain, which was Narahoe, and you're just always aware of it. And and and, and obviously it's Mount Doom. We kind of know that in terms of you know kind of the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. But it just has this massive lump of a presence in the middle of your walk, and you're conscious of it all the time. And a lot of the time, you can see it like that, and it's almost broody, and it's almost, uh, and, it, and it feels like it's implacable. Um, 
And some of the time, though, it's, um, it doesn't feel like it's there at all because the cloud comes down. Um, but you just know it's there. Even though you can't see it, you know it's there. And every now and then it just breaks out and it becomes magnificent. You know, the sun shines on it. I imagine in the winter it's got snow on the top and things like that. And I think in my four-day walk, in my, I guess it was my expected journey, but my unexpected journey in terms of sort of having a sense of what God might be doing there, there was the sense that Narahoe was there as a, as a little bit of a, you know, God speaking to me about his solid presence in the middle of my walk and of my journey. And that sometimes, you know, kind of, it would be, you know, kind of just just there as the solid presence. And sometimes it may even feel like it's not there. But when you know it's there, you're not frightened that it's disappeared, you know. Kind of when you know it's there, the fact that the cloud comes down doesn't seem to, to make any difference. You still know that you're walking with it and it will reappear. And then sometimes it's just bathed in brilliant sunlight. And so that was something of the journey that I took that it's God is going to be always present through this year. That seemed to be the sense that was coming through to me in that time. And so when you come back to David and you think about David's journey and sort of this, this whole journey of a lifetime, one of the things we didn't talk about as we, as we kind of shared before is David became the most famous of the psalm writers. So he was this wonderful uh, uh, musician. We know that. He played the, the harp in Saul's courts. Um, and he became this great writer of psalms. And in fact, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of forgetting all of the stories, the things that probably have the greatest impact are the writings that he did. And the amazing thing is the writings come out of both the trauma and the success. They come out of the killing of Goliath and they come out of being a Goliath himself. They come out of his faithfulness, but they also come out of his fickleness. And I just think that's an incredible thing that God, remember, does in our lives, no matter where we're at, no matter the things that come, come across our paths. And so you'll know some of these, but I thought it would be great as we come towards the end tonight is to, is to think about some of the Psalms of David and some of the invitations maybe that they have for us as we enter a new year in 2021. So in Psalm 1-3, uh, sorry, Psalm 3, 1-3, to David writes the song, um, this um, psalm when he's had to flee his son, Absalom, who is in rebellion. So it's like, man, that's a big deal, isn't it? Those who have children, those who can, you know, kind of, we're all, we're all children, the sense of having to flee your son who you had so many expectations around who's actually out for you, out for your kingdom and trying to kill you. That's kind of the worst thing that could happen. And yet he writes, Lord, I have many enemies. Or not, and yet he, he writes, Lord, I have many enemies. Many people have turned against me. Many are saying about me, God won't rescue him. But Lord, you are my shield, my wonderful God who gives me courage. I wonder how important that could be for even somebody here tonight or for somebody as we go through our unexpected journey of the year. Or in Psalm 18, uh, in the early parts, he's responding to the death threats of King Saul, who's really his mentor, you know, kind of in so many ways, somebody that he serves so faithfully. And he pronounces, 
the Lord is my rock, my protection, my savior, which you kind of need to know when the king's trying to kill you, you know, with all of the resources that he has. My God is my rock. I can run to him for safety. He is my shield and my saving strength, my defender. This is who God is. This is, this is the God of Mount Narahoe, you know, the God Narahoe, you know, kind of for me in the context of God speaking to me on the walk. I will call to the Lord, he said, who is worthy of praise, and I will be saved from my enemies. Or in Psalm 22, he begins in despair, and he, and he says the thing that um, Jesus prays from the cross or declares from the cross, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? But then he works through some things, and he says, you know, our ancestors trusted you. They trusted and you saved them. They called to you for help and were rescued you, were, and were rescued. They trusted and were not disappointed. Oh, I've skipped. They trusted and were not, they trusted you and were not disappointed. It's kind of the invitation of God for our journeys as we go, I think. And then finally, kind of my favorite and maybe many people's favorite, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, it's a prayer that I pray um, just all of the time when I, when I can't sleep at night. And it goes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or in this translation, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and you can feel this, can't you? It's not, it's, not like, it's not like, oh, here's a little ditty, you know, kind of thing. You know, what, what rhymes with shepherd, you know, kind of, or, you know, kind of what can go with that. You can feel the fact that this is carved out and etched into his experience. And what was it? It was in his good experience and it was in his not so good experience. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He'll do that for us, won't he? He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, or we could maybe put in all the days of 2021, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is the David who, he's so real. It's not like, well, he's a king who killed Goliath. You know, how could I ever be like him? It's like, he is just a fallible person following in the footsteps of the things that God has called him to do. And, and, and good, bad, and ugly, he, he, you know, kind of he serves God in his generation. And we get the opportunity, don't we, this year to serve God in our generation. So a couple of questions as we come to an end tonight. Um, one of the things when we were walking around the mountain, we had this um, conversation about is, are we real trampers? Um, and it's like, well, what's the definition of a tramper anyway? I'm, I wasn't sure what it was, and I, I have actually looked it up. And, you know, kind of we're in this thing, I was, oh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, sort of, well, this is a four-day walk, and you know, kind of, um, I don't know if you can really call that tramping sort of thing, you know, and, and, and you sort of come across somebody who's, you know, been out on the trail for sort of three months or something and hasn't had a shower and all of that sort of thing. And so, like, well, are we real trampers if that's all we're doing? And we're kind of walking along and I said, no, we are trampers. And this is how I know that we're a tramper. I've, we've got, we've got, we can feel the, you know, the burn of the sun on the back of our necks. We can feel the weight of the packs. Which we've packed, which has got our sleeping bags and it's got our food, and we're dependent on ourselves, and we're we're looking at the weather and all of those sorts of things. This has got to be a tramp. 
And I, I kind of, it was an important question for me in a sense. It's like to realize actually I am the real deal when it comes to this thing. I'm not just a pretend tramper, but I'm a real tramper. And it's kind of like, I'm, I'm wondering whether that's an important question for us to be asking as we, as we hit 2021, you know. Kind of, I, I don't know, coming to church on the 10th of January doesn't make you a, a disciple this year. It doesn't make you a kind of, a, um, you know, someone who's going to follow the, the, the call and the command of Jesus. Um, a lot more told in August than is told in January, I reckon, you know, kind of about the year and the unfolding of the year. But it's like, you know, kind of this year, do I want to be a tramper? Am I a tramper? Am I going to be? You know, and if I'm not, I'm, how am I gonna? How am I gonna make the jump so that I can be, if indeed I want to be? And so, am I a real tramper? It was. It was. It was a lovely thought to be able to say, you know, I am a tramper. I can stand up on Sunday night, and here's the photos of me, you know, kind of thing with Narahoe in the background, and I knock the you know, you know what off, and I get all Hillary about it, and all of this sort of thing. So what a, you know, kind of, am I a tramper? Am I, am I a follower this year? Am I a disciple? And do I want to be? So maybe that's a little bit about me. Um, the other thing I just kind of thought and, and just wanted to leave you with tonight is the idea of who or what is inspiring me at the moment? Who's calling me forward? What's inspiring? What biblical character would you walk with? So it's not like, you know, kind of, well, I can't be like David because he's an adulterer. Of course, that's, that's not the example, but the example is despite the fact that he's an adulterer, he is continuing to serve God and his generation. But who or what is inspiring you this year to make 2021 the year that God has brought you together for? For what? An unexpected journey, an unexpected journey so that I guess at the end of the year, the you know, kind of these five weeks of the sto- of stories of faith that we're wanting to do, that we can have a story of faith that through all weathers, through all, you know, when the mountain shows itself and when the sun's on it and when the cloud's down, that we're able to have the sense of God being in our place and the things that we do. So with that as a, an introduction to a series in a year, God bless you. And Brian and Rupert are going to come. We're just going to sing again. Um, to, to close the service and, uh, and let's, let's be mindful as we do so just of, um, you know, kind of how we might respond to a message like this. So let's stand and we'll pray as these guys get together and then, uh, and afterwards we'll do snacks. Hey, Holly? Yep. <laughs> Excellent. I see you. I see you coming. So God, we want to, we just, well, we just know it's going to be an unexpected journey this year. And that, that, that's not threatening. It's just we, we're all old enough to know that life's a bit like that. And Lord, somewhere in there, we want to be nourished and, and sustained from within and from above and from around with the sense of your presence and walking through this journey of discovery in a way, Lord, that's honoring to you in a way that's um, fruitful in all the senses of that term. And so as we come to our first Sunday night of what's hopefully just going to be a a full and magnificent year of us together as a people and as a church, we pray that individually and together we might hear your call and be responsive to it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.